Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Today is a special episode as we celebrate the release of two new books from Jesus Calling for Christmas time. And to help us celebrate, we've asked Christian singer-songwriter Mark Lowry to the show. Mark shares about his own Christmas traditions growing up and why Christmas is special to him. He also gives us a behind-the-scenes look at the inspiration that led him to write one of the most beloved Christmas songs of all time, Mary, Did You Know? During the second half of our show, we continue the celebration as we talk with the president of Christian Book Distributors, Ray Hendrickson, and his staff at CBD as they commemorate 40 years of ministering to the world with Christian products. But first, let's have a little early Christmas celebration with Mark Lowry. My name is Mark Lowry. I am a gospel singer who tells stories between the songs. I think the Christmas story is beautiful because only God could have thought this up. I mean, I don't think man could have come up with the idea of grace apart from God delivering it because it's so crazy that God would love us before before we even knew ourselves who we were. Before we were ever born, He loved us. He He planned us, and and we are the apple of His eye. And and Christmas is um, is a reminder, a yearly reminder, plus Easter. You know, He never asked us to remember His birth, but He did ask us to remember His death. But we take pride in remembering His birth, because without His birth, there'd been no death. My personal Christmas traditions when I was a kid was staying up as late as I could to look for a red nose streaking across the sky and uh, scratching frost off the window if there was any, looking for Rudolph, you know, because I believed when I was a kid in Santa Claus. My parents did nothing to discourage it. And so I loved, I loved that childhood. And I remember coming down the stairs on Christmas morning and, and there being presents everywhere because my father got oranges for Christmas, you know, he was poor. And so when he became an attorney and was making a good living, he wanted his kids, he overdid it. So my Christmas memories are one of excess, a lot of food, a lot of toys, and a lot of fun. My favorite Christmas songs are the old ones. I don't really like new Christmas songs, which is very odd that I happen to write one. But um, I love Away in a Manger, Silent Night, uh, Oh Holy Night. I love Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I love anything old that makes me remember uh, the magic of the whole season, you know, because it's not just about presence. It's about remembering why we're here, why, why Christmas even happened at all. Whenever the local radio station around the 1st of November now, it used to be after Thanksgiving, but whenever they switch, they switch from uh, love rock stuff to uh, Christmas songs, and, and really that's when I start listening to that station. I don't really listen to the radio very much, except around Christmas, because it just brings in the mood. Mary Did You Know came along in 1984 when my pastor called me and asked me if I would write the living Christmas tree for our church. And being very young and not knowing I couldn't, I said I would, and so I proceeded to try to write all new songs. Well, I 
you know, I considered myself a songwriter back then and really wanted to be. I mean, I w that was a goal, to be a songwriter. And um, so I set out down to do it, and Christmas songs are hard to write, come to find out. They're, you know, to write good ones, what can be said that hadn't been said, you know, and how do you strike that nerve? Because I personally love the old songs, what, you know. So what I did for the Christmas program, I, I did the first half with old secular songs that everybody knew, the second half with the spiritual songs that everybody knew. Then I wrote monologues to go between them for the characters to say, which is easy for me to do. But writing the songs is very tough. So one of the monologues I wrote was this. I wonder if Mary realized the power, the authority, and the majesty she cradled in her arms that first Christmas. I wonder if she realized those little fingers that were wrapped around hers were the same that had scooped out oceans and formed the rivers. And those infant lips were the same lips that had spoken the worlds into existence. And I was going on like that, you know, trying to sound like Gloria Gaither, I guess. And, uh, you know, those little feet, I was going through everything about that little eight-pound bundle that compressed and compacted into that eight-pound, unintelligible bundle of baby noises was the fullness of the Godhead. So trying to put that into a lyric, I really didn't set out to do that. It really was just questions. If I could sit down with Mary and say, hey, what was it like raising God? What was it like teaching God to walk? You know, all these things that she did because he had to learn like us. He became one of us. That is, golly, that has got to be humiliating. <laughs> but I love the idea of God becoming fully human while remaining fully God. It resonated with me. And I loved it from the minute it was, it was a poem for a long time. From 84 to 1991, it was just a poem. I sent it out for Christmas one year for my card, Christmas card. But Buddy Green, one weekend on the Gaither bus, I handed him the lyric, I wrote it out, handed it to him, and he thought it was gonna be a funny song because that's what I'm kind of known for being, a funnier pers funny person. And so he took it home, threw it on a stack of papers, and. And the next day he picked it up and he'd been playing all that day, he'd been playing Christmas songs that were in the minor key. There's a lot of them. So he, the Lord was already preparing him. And then he picked it up and and he had it. And he just snatched it out of the air and called me and I said, I now pronounce you man and wife. Lyric and music need to marry. That your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand. Did you know your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face. God let an idiot and a harmonica player write it that have neither one ever done it again or even come close to doing it again. This song is 
bigger than anything I could have ever imagined or dreamed. And I know in my heart, whether anyone believes me or not, it was a gift from God to me. That's all I know. My favorite Christmas movie is, of course, It's a Wonderful Life. See it every Christmas, not even intentionally. You know, you go into hotel rooms. I can remember years ago, I was in a sleazy hotel that some church had put me in, and on the black and white TV was the black and white movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And it moved me so much, I called my brother just to, you know, just hear a voice from home, because those Days on the road around Christmas time can be very lonely. Christmas can be a very depressing time of year for a lot of people. You know, it's winter. That right there is enough to depress you. I think if you're grieving and lonely at Christmas time and going through a tough time, look outside yourself. Find some charity you can go at Christmas time and, and hand out gifts to kids that don't get them. Look outside yourself, because as, you as you look inward, it can get very depressing. When I read Jesus Calling, I really consider it hearing from home. I know when I'm hearing from home. I've used that phrase for many, many years. When it dawned on me, when I'll hear a preacher preach, and, and one Sunday he may ring the bell, and I know in my heart it's like E.T. phone home. Remember when E.T. would think about home in the movie, and his heart light would go off? or that internal tuning fork that all of us have. And the Bible even says so. The Bible says you have no need that anyone teach you. You have the Spirit of God living in you that will lead you into all truth. And so I call that hearing from home. And um, when I read Jesus Calling, I hear from home. And I love that the scriptures are at the end of it to confirm. If she was just over there like so many people just making up stuff, which it is made up. This is not the Word of God that she's writing, but it is very inspirational and it's true. And so the Bible speaks even today to the things that are uh, affecting and infecting our lives actually. And Jesus Calling I think is a beautiful supplement to that. Mark shares an entry from the Jesus Calling Christmas devotional. When an angel announced my birth to shepherds living out in the fields near Bethlehem, he told them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. The instruction to not be afraid is repeated in the Bible more than any other command. It is a tender, merciful directive, and it is for you. I know how prone to fear you are, and I do not condemn you for it. However, I do want to help you break free from this tendency. Joy is a powerful antidote to fear, and the greater the joy, the more effective the antidote is. The angel's announcement to the shepherds was one of great joy. Don't ever lose sight of what amazingly good news the gospel is. You repent of your sins and trust me as Savior. I forgive all your sins, changing your ultimate destination from hell to heaven. Moreover, I give you myself, lavishing my love upon you, promising you my presence forever. Take time to ponder the angel's glorious proclamation to the shepherds. Rejoice in me, beloved.
See, I love how she puts the scriptures to prove what she said is true. And I love that she discovered that the most repeated phrase in the Bible is don't be afraid. We don't have to be. And I think that's what she's saying. We can walk freely in the middle of hell. You know, one of my pastors always said, if you're going through hell, keep walking. Don't stop. And so I think that's what this is about. Keep your joy. Don't let anybody steal your joy. They might steal your life, steal your money, steal your reputation, but they can't have your joy. You can hear Mark Lowry weekly on his podcast, Dinner Conversations, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out the entire season one of Dinner Conversations, which just came out on DVD. You can find this at marklowry.com. And you can learn about the cruise that Mark will be hosting in spring of 2019. We'll be back with the second half of our program right after this brief message from Jesus Calling and Mark Lowry. Hi, this is Mark Lowry, and I want to tell you about a great offer from Jesus Calling and Christian Book Distributors. When you buy the brand new Jesus Calling Christmas devotional, you'll get a beautiful tote bag, a package of Christmas cards, a mug, and a Handel's Messiah music CD all for only $19.95 while supplies last. Go to christianbook.com, and while you're there, be sure to check out my book CD combo from Mary Did You Know, and it's on special for only $5. The second half of today's celebratory episode finds us talking to the staff of Christian Book Distributors, a force behind Christian product sales to the church and the general public as they celebrate their 40th anniversary. First up, we speak to the president of CBD, Ray Hendrickson, as he relates the history of CBD and why the mission of getting positive, uplifting, and encouraging Christian products out into the world has been the heart's desire of his family for nearly half a century. Then, we'll hear from the different staff members at CBD as they share how their lives have been impacted by working at this company and how they take great joy in presenting their customers with products that will help them through tough times and to grow their faith, like our very own Jesus Calling. My name's Ray Hendrickson, uh, the president and CEO of Christian Book Distributors. Uh, Christian Book Distributors, or CBD, has had a, a long run here. We're actually here in our 40th year at this point in time. Uh, our company had a very unique history in that we started out of my uh, parents' house. Uh, my dad was a pastor of a small church here in uh, New England, uh, just north of Boston, uh, maybe about 100 people. and. Uh, we uh, we really started with this very small bookstore, uh, probably about eight feet by ten feet, more of like a closet uh, that was in the church, and uh, that kind of was maybe our beginning starts of selling Christian products. Uh, but then, as uh, I was a sophomore in high school, and my brother was a sophomore in college out in Missouri. I uh, came up with the idea to start a catalog business. My parents were just so supportive uh, of the whole thing. And I think perhaps the best uh, uh, way that I can describe that is, is that uh, when we, 
the final six months, final year perhaps before moving out of their house. We literally took over every room of the house except their bedroom. And they were fully fine of it, fine with it, fully supportive of it. Uh, and you wouldn't find, uh, we back in, in those days, we used to have these uh, warehouse sales uh, uh, and my dad would always come to them and he would kind of be the uh, one of the expert product advisors and stuff, and you'd never see someone as proud as he was uh, of of what uh, the boys were able to do and pull together, which was which was really a neat thing. And uh, so we started with a small catalog that mailed 10,000 copies, and uh, that was the very beginnings of CBD. And uh, uh, we were fortunate in that for my brother and my sophomore, junior, and senior years, we basically, you know, we were living in dorm rooms in our parents' homes, and so we didn't really have uh, virtually any overhead, so we were able to uh, learn the business and uh, a little bit of trial and error. And uh, the last six months of being in, uh, before graduating, we were doing about 100 orders a day. And at that point in time, we kind of thought, maybe we have something at this point. And uh, it was a little bit of trick doing that out of mom and dad's house, living on a dead-end road. Um, but uh, it, it worked. Uh, and uh, when we both graduated, myself from high school, my brother from college, uh, we shortly thereafter moved out of mom and dad's house into a real facility and have kind of gone on from there what gets me up in the morning. Uh, it's not something that uh, if we were just selling widgets or something else, it, it just wouldn't be the same. I think one of the things from our company uh, beginnings, uh, we really just looked at, it really was primarily servicing our customer and uh, giving uh, great products at great pricing, and that's what's driven us since day one. So we do have a broad spectrum of folks that work here that, uh, that have varying beliefs and all, but you know, our company name is Christian Book Distributors, so we tend to attract uh, people that, um, that are interested in, in what we do, and uh, a lot of the folks, especially that stay long-term, you know, the fact that they're able to be involved in something that has an actual ministry aspect to their the work is really key. My name is Laura. Um, I'm a mother of 22-year-old twins, now and a boy and a girl. I'm 51 and um, been divorced about six years. Struggled hard and, you know, Jesus has just been the center of my life and my anchor for that whole thing because if it wasn't for him and my mom teaching me about a relationship with Jesus, I don't think I'd be here right now. I came to work at CBD about six years ago, and I was going to church with the woman who works here, and she referred me, and it was just such a nice concept to work at a Christian company where you wouldn't get scoffed at for talking about Jesus all day. One of the best things is, A, talking about God all day and, and God-related products, you know, and praying with people, but never have I been at a company where the owners of the company are walking down the hallway and they're also Christian and they're, you know, God bless you and hi, how are you? They're walking around in shorts, they're not stuffy. Everybody's just so pleasant here and everybody just gels together really well. It's You, you don't feel like a number. I've had too many jobs where I felt like, an, okay, next, number six, number, you know, and here you're just, you're really part and it, and it, it really resonates true that one boat, one team together.
I'm, my name is Francine Thompson, and I retired when I was 62 from a full-time job, and I stayed home for a year and didn't like it. So I came here 18 years ago, been here since. I really love people. I, I try to, um, when I'm talking to them, I'll use their first name lots of times. In the beginning, when I first started here, they didn't like that. But every once in a while, I, and they kind of like that. Some of them are really friendly, and you, and just get friendly with them. My name is Elizabeth Evans, and I have been here at CBD for 20 years. Actually, August of 1998, so just exactly 20 years. Uh, I work in our partner services area. Um, really neat opportunity to partner alongside other ministries. I feel um, what I've learned in my time here at CBD and in customer service specifically, just working with the customers, it's not face-to-face, -face, but it still is a chance to really get to know who is purchasing our product. And um, you get to know uh, really neat stories. They'll tell you things that um, you wouldn't be able to know that if it's just an order coming through on a website or something. But I guess I got to know that there's a lot of different people in a lot of different areas with a lot of different stories, and they all need that one. They still need that product, the Bible. They still need to have the music or the products that we offer, even though they're coming from a variety of backgrounds. I know we run the business, try to run it as a small company uh, family feel. But at the same point in time, we're a Christian company. And if you ask me to define that, that's a little bit hard to, well, what does a Christian company look like? Uh, and I might have a hard time defining it. But when you're here, I think you feel that, you know, people are being treated right and treated fairly and treated in a positive way. And I think as well, we have uh, a team here that is really, it's a bit of a homegrown team. We have a huge uh, bias to promote from within, and so my executive team is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I don't know the exact average length of service, but they've all been here like longer than 20 years. And uh, I don't think that ends up being a stale type situation, but it's a, it's, it ends up being a situation of a group that knows our business really well and just gives really, really, really good advice. We've been voted uh, eight times uh, winner of a top uh, 100 employers uh, by the Boston Globe. And, you know, I th the very first year that it happened, it was one of our employees that nominated us for that. And it was kind of a, a very humbling experience to even receive that award. Uh, I think it's one of the things that we try to run our business as a, as a family company, uh, and although we're over 500 employees now, it's something where we still try to run it the same way we did it when we were out of mom and dad's house. It's a small family business. Uh, try to know our staff, uh, try to treat folks well. My name's Kathy. I am a retired math teacher. Um, I have three children. Uh, three grown children and three grandchildren. So I love talking to the customers. I'm in customer service. I take orders and I um, help people with orders that think something might be missing, um, things like that. So my favorite part is taking orders from 
elderly folks who don't have computers, and they are so appreciative when you spend a few extra moments helping them find uh, what they're looking for. Um, a lot of them look for fiction, and they are very excited about it. Uh, and they're just they're just so thankful, and you know, so it's it's great that and the folks that order Bibles and Jesus Calling for outreach, and they they are just such dedicated folks. Uh, my name's Joe. Uh, I'm in my 33rd year here at CBD. So I came right out of high school when I was 18 years old. Uh, I handle all the uh, transportation. Anything coming in or going out has my fingers on it. So uh, trucks, small packages, uh, international containers, uh, all that kind of stuff. So if you think of trucking or shipping, that's me. It's funny because I was back then. It was it was a super small company, maybe 30 people, and I was interviewed by the owner, and I started right in the warehouse. So um, I worked in the warehouse, and when I was good, in high school, I was taking um, accounting classes. So there was a job opening in accounting, and it was getting ready for their audit. So um, I interviewed for it, and I got it, but only uh, part time. So it was like I worked in the warehouse um, in the morning and went up to accounting in the afternoon. But then um, I was in a really bad car accident. So um, I was laid up for uh, well over a year. I, um, I broke the right side of my body and I had to learn how to walk again. Um, I had to do everything again. I have multiple, multiple operations on my hip, my legs. I, I got bone from other part of my body into my legs, and so it's kind of like a miracle that I'm actually here. I woke up two weeks later in full traction and didn't know what happened, and I was freaking out. But my family was there every day, every night, and my friend, well, some of the friends, like I said, you, you kind of get to know who, who your real friends are. and. Uh, and a lot of people here at CBD would come and um, bring you lunch. People didn't know. Or, and that was the biggest thing when, when I would come here and I'd have crutches and people would be like, you're Joe, you're Joe, I pray for you every day. Or my mom prays for you all the time. People you don't even know are praying for you. And that was a lot, I, I took a step back and was like, wow. Wow, and when I heard stories from the nurses in the hospital, and they're like, you laid for days in broken bones because they thought you were going to die, so they weren't going to do anything. And to pull through and, and to find out you, you, all these people behind you, you never knew. And, and I, prayer does, prayer goes a long way. And it, it really kind of was like, made me stop in my tracks and kind of was like, wow, I, I don't need to be doing all this crazy stuff, you know. It's a special place for me, um, and I think for a lot of people, I've had so many, many, many family members work here, and uh, so it's just, it's a big family. So I think we have uh, various stories as, as far as uh, how people have been affected by uh, our ministry here. Uh, I think one of them that uh, is perhaps some of the neatest is some of our uh, missions that we get involved in. Uh, you know, I think it's something where, for me growing up, uh, in a pastor's home, I 
I got a very strong um, commitment to missions from a very early age, uh, which is extended into our into our company culture as well. Uh, it's something that we aren't we don't talk necessarily a lot about or try to build ourselves up about. Uh, it's not something that, uh, you know, when we do things, we're not looking for the notoriety of what we've done, but more the impact of what we do. Uh, that's what's important to us. Uh, and so I think for us, our uh, some of that ministry are, is, uh, are, are the main part of that, of our ministry is really geared overseas and in particular to uh, develop pastors. And it's what I call, uh, we want to uh, contribute to missions in areas that will have an exponential effect. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is we really want to affect pastors, which then can have a exponential effect on a lot more people. Where if I can really help uh, a single pastor, uh, whether it's be better educated or develop a pastor in some way, shape, or form, that's what's going to really have an effect on the world. My name is Rick Brown. I've been at CBD, I'm now in my 34th year. Um, I've had many jobs here. Started packing books in the warehouse uh, as a college student and as a part-time job. And like others have said, I just thought it was going to be a part-time job, but uh, it turned into a career. One of the ways I've seen a uniqueness about CBD is we play a bit of the role of Switzerland. We have something for all the different strains of the church, all the different streams of the Christian tradition. And so uh, I myself am Anglican, so we, we have prayer books for the Anglicans. You know, we serve the Baptist church, we serve the Pentecostal church, we serve any number of the, the Orthodox church. And, and so, uh, Wherever uh, the church is, is growing, uh, we're there to help serve them and support them. My name is Ralph Massillon. Um, I, uh, I'm a buyer here at uh, Christian Book Distributors. We carry a wide range, a wide assortment of products that are useful to Christians, that are useful to believers, that are useful to the church. Um, and we try to do so in a way that uh, we make the books affordable. We make resources affordable to folks. And so it equips, it enables, and empowers people for ministry. Ray and the staff at CBD have a heart for their customers. They have an opportunity to interact with people daily and give them resources that encourage and uplift them. One of those resources is Jesus Calling. They talk a little bit about how Jesus Calling has impacted their own lives and the lives of their customers. So Jesus Calling coming out in 2004 was just, uh, it was very timely for me uh, in many, many ways uh, in that uh, up until 2004, uh, our company was run by my brother and myself. And in 2004, my brother left uh, the company and it was just me. And then we were just blown away by how its sales grew right off the bat. But then to see it continue to grow and grow and grow and then just keep selling year after year after year has been absolutely amazing. And I think it points to the fact that uh, selling of books in the Christian industry is a little bit different than uh, many other spots. And it's because Christians give books to people that they think need them. And uh, the gifting of books is one of, is 
that's just a huge aspect of it. And I think it's one of the reasons why Jesus Calling has sold so many, many, many copies. Jesus Calling is a wonderful, wonderful devotional, and I highly recommend it to everybody. I usually put that in almost every order. I've had people call and say, gee, I have, I have a friend who's going through this problem, and you know, I was looking for some kind of a devotional. Bam, Jesus Calling, perfect. And they buy it, and they love it, and a lot of times they call back and they buy more. You know, it, it has an impact. It has an impact on many, many lives. I first heard about Jesus Calling through my mom. She gave me a copy when I turned 13. Um, she gave me the small copy, the hard book copy, um, and challenged me to start reading it every day, either before schooling uh, or after at night before bedtime. Uh, so that was many, many moons ago. Uh, and then I like to say that I graduated to the large print deluxe edition <laughs> where the scripture's written out at the bottom. Um, and that hugely impacted me when I think I started working here and hearing other people's testimonies about how the book impacted them, how Jesus Calling impacted them. My favorite is when I get a phone call from a customer and you begin to say, thanks for calling. This, this is Alicia, how can I help you? And the first thing out of their mouth is, I'd like to order Jesus Calling. And it's so fun um, because after you get through the process of their name and information, um, you immediately, that's followed up with a story. And it's so fun to hear because my favorite is this one woman who said, um, young lady, I've, I love this book. And she's like, and I just want to bless others with it. And she ordered like five copies because she was like, this is an amazing book. You need it. You have to have it. And I was like, I've got one right here. I love it too. Um, but that's always just so fun is right off the bat when they're like, yep, get me Jesus Calling right now. I take phone orders um, and, you know, help out with any customer service issues. Um, that's one of the best parts of my job is taking the phone orders, talking to people. There was a woman who um, was called and she was just in tears and she was just crying her eyes out and and I asked her what was wrong and she said she needed help and I said you know asked her to tell me and she said she was addicted to drugs she was trying to get off and she just really wanted to talk to somebody and I said well we really don't do a prayer ministry here but I have no problem praying with you over the phone and so I prayed with her and she said do you have anything that will help me and I said actually I read a devotional every day called Jesus Calling and you know, just read her a couple of passages, and she said, wow, it sounds like God's talking right to me. I said, that's why I love that devotional, because it sounds like he's talking right to you. And she ended up accepting Jesus in her heart that day. So it's just this, and I remember walking into my manager's office saying, if I didn't need the money so bad, I would do this for free, because it's just, I'm going to start crying. I'm not going to start crying, but yeah, it's, it's an amazing job. I was teaching full-time um, and a lot of stress, a lot of drama um, at work and ended up being forced to retire because of some, um, some, tra some trauma and the effect it had on my life. A good friend of mine um, gave me a copy and so about four years ago that fall 
it did the same for me as I was just explaining. It gave me a pathway back into the ward. And I worked two jobs and had a mom with Alzheimer's and lots and lots of things were going on. So um, I crashed and then I had lots of time. So I spent the morning reading the daily devotion, reading the scriptures and the surrounding scriptures. And because again, it was from Jesus' perspective talking to me, very closely tied to the scriptures, that impresses me a lot, that it, it put me back on my feet faith-wise. There are many passages and daily devotions that have really spoken to me. Um, I chose one from July 15th. Um, Do not worry about tomorrow. This is not a suggestion, but a command. I divided time into days and nights so that you would have manageable portions of life to handle. My grace is sufficient for you, but its sufficiency is only one day at a time. When you worry about the future, you heap day upon day of troubles onto your flimsy frame. You stagger under this heavy load which I never intended you to carry. Throw off this oppressive burden with one quick thrust of trust. Anxious thoughts meander about and crisscross in your brain, but trusting me brings you directly into my presence. As you thus affirm your faith, shackles of worry fall off instantly. Enjoy my presence continually by trusting me at all times. And the scripture references are therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own, Matthew 6, 34. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that's from 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And finally, from Psalm 62, 8, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him, God is a refuge for us. The phrase that first spoke to me was, do not worry about tomorrow, and I knew right away what scripture it was from, but that it's not a suggestion, but a command. He doesn't say if you feel like it, you know, but Jesus is saying to us, don't worry about tomorrow. I've got it. You know, worry about today. It's all I designed you to be able to hold. And that was really powerful in the midst of a multitude of struggles. There are more people that continue to need the, what's the content of the Jesus Calling book. And uh, that book tends to be given as a gift to many people and really touches people in a way that, uh, that a big theological book can't. Uh, it's a book that just hits the heart. Ray and the staff at CBD are celebrating 40 years of business, ministry, and eternal impact. Be sure to check out all the products they have, including the new Jesus Calling Christmas devotional and the Jesus Calling Christmas storybook for kids, now available at cbd.com. Next time on the Jesus Calling podcast, we visit with popular Christian music duo for King and Country. Joel and Luke Smallbone share their beginnings and what it was like losing everything while living in Australia and seeing God's hand provide for them as they started over in America.
we lost everything. We lost the house, uh, we lost uh, the savings, lost the car. And so he was looking for a fresh start for the, for the family and uh, got a job offer in Nashville, Tennessee. We just, uh, as a family, I think it was a, a defining moment for us. And, and we just, we would gather around in the living room and, and circle up and just pray and just ask God for these essential things in life. And we just got to see God do amazing miracles. And one of the things that I've even said nowadays is one of the things that I think God is really good at He's good at providing. Do you love hearing great stories of faith each week via the Jesus Calling podcast? We want to hear from you. If you haven't already subscribed to the Jesus Calling podcast, visit the Jesus Calling page at iTunes.com and hit the subscribe button. While you're there, we'd love for you to leave us a review and tell us how you feel about the show and what future guests you'd love to see. Your reviews and subscription help us share these stories of faith to more people who need the hope and encouragement of Jesus Calling. If you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.